So, this is season three of our podcast, and I mean, we're still in pandemic times. Who thought that would happen? But, but man, season three, we've got we've got a lot of podcasts we've made in the last two years. Good gravy! It's gonna be a trilogy now. Shoot, of years of pandemicness. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully not. I don't think it will be. But I mean, I have had such a good time doing this, and I'm so excited to be back. And I can't. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if I've been as excited about an episode as I am about today's episode. <laughs> this was an idea that you had, I want to say, like, maybe towards the end of season one, where you, you said we should all, we should just do Raimi's Spider-Man. Yeah. And now we're doing all of them. <laughs> so Spider-Man 2, we'll get, we're going to go in order. But, yeah, we'll get it's there. always yeah, yeah. been special to me. And, and doing, yeah, we're today, guys, in honor of uh, No Way Home, which has been out for about a month and a half now. In honor of that, uh, we are now going to talk about every Spider-Man movie that came out. and uh, This century. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there are some really good movies in this franchise. Yes. This, I, yeah, no, I've got so much to say. I'm worried about how long this podcast is going to be because... I mean, I could gush about <laughs> just about every one of these movies and have a great time. I really think I could, too. I... I, I, I... I will start by saying this. I really don't think, now having rewatched all of them, except for the Italian Spider-Man, I'll, I'll watch that later. Um, <laughs> now having rewatched all of them, I really don't hate any of them. I really don't dislike any of them. There's some that, like, kind of with the Marvel movies, I think they're all good in their own right. Even mm-hmm. a bad Marvel movie is still, like, a pretty okay movie with regards to Captain Marvel and a couple others. But... Um, I really felt during this rewatch that the one that I hated the most, which I'll just get out of the way right now, was three. Yep. Um, I saw it in theaters in Steubenville. This rewatch, though, I found things to appreciate about it. And so while I don't hate it as much, I still think it is the weakest link of all of them. Um, yes. And I'll have a lot to say about it once we get to that point. But And I, um, I will, too. That's the one I watched last night. That was the last one I watched. And I hated it. I mean, I really did. <laughs> yes. Awesome. I'm glad to hear. <laughs> it's the only one I had even slightly a negative. I mean, it was a it was a very negative opinion of the movie. But take that one out of the running, and I not only liked but loved pretty much every other movie. Yeah, I think that there. I think all of them had their own issues. I will say, even the last one, which I think is insanely amazing, and we will get to that mm-hmm. as well. But mm-hmm. let's just crack open the LaCroix, the beer, and let's just start with number one, man. Actually, number before one. we even get to yeah. that, before we even get to that, when did you first come to know Spider-Man and accept him as your personal lord? When was the first time you knew Spider-Man? Saturday morning cartoons, right? Okay, okay. I, that well, was a, which that one was specifically? A, do you remember? The 90s one. That was that was a vacation okay. treat because we didn't have, that was Fox, right? Whatever it was on, we yeah, didn't Fox have access Kids, to yeah. So... I got really excited that I could watch that in the hotels whenever we went on vacation. That was something I looked oh, forward to. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. As an adult, I find that cartoon as do as the X, as same as the X-Men cartoon to be frantic and way overpaced. But as a kid, coolest thing on TV. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's funny looking back at it now because it, it was a very similar thing for me. I remember I have this memory of my dad having the sci-fi channel on and they're playing old 70s reruns of Spider-Man. I just remember thinking, ooh, what yeah. the heck is this? Which uh, is yeah I don't know it was we did some very of those too. odd they're fun yeah they are fun like the most extreme thing he would do is like walk across a tightrope you know like mm-hmm. stuff like that <laughs> mm-hmm. but um 
It was the same. It was the same for me. I got I got the comics uh, for Christmas one year, and I got a bunch from a friend's house. And I also, like top to bottom, front to back, watched the Spider-Man '90s show like crazy, which breaks my heart to see it memed so terribly much. When I think there's so much inherent value to it, but that is totally okay. <laughs> you only meme things you um, love, and things you. Hate. I think that's you don't true. meme anything that's meme anything that's mediocre. Yeah, I mean, you certainly don't meme. The Godfather, Indiana Jones, uh, the original don't. three Star Wars, much? Maybe. Well, I don't much, but <laughs> I'm just like, is nothing sacred in this culture? No, um, of course not. No. <laughs> that being said, I do have uh, I do have a YouTube video that I added to my "When You Really Need to Laugh" playlist, which is uh, a scene where you might remember this, where Alistair Alistair Smythe asks the kingpin how he became who he was. And the kingpin talked about, like, you know, growing up, his father was the son of a mob boss, but he could never keep up because of his weight, et cetera, et cetera. But the guy recut it, so every single excuse that the kingpin gives is about his weight. And uh, we will put it in the show <laughs> notes. Do. It absolutely slayed me. I thought it was hysterical. What, um, one of the classic Spider-Man cartoons, that was 70s, right? 80s? 70s. I can't remember. I think it was even 60s, actually. What did Spider-Man The Me and the Boys thing? I don't know. Anyways... One of the videos I have on YouTube when I need to laugh is Spider-Man is tied up and the water is rising and he's going to drown. And he sees a bottle of acid floating in the sewer. And What? He he doesn't, he's like, that's what I need to escape. And I can't remember, he might not even use his webs. I don't know. It's like, how am I going to get it? And so he gets it and then he ducks underwater and he pours the acid underwater. <laughs> it doesn't disseminate or anything. It just pours right on the thing, <laughs> locking him down and he escapes. Love it. To the show notes with you. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I love Spider-Man a lot. Actually, when I was in elementary school, like I would read the comics in the bathroom during recess because I didn't want to be outside nice. and get picked on. So I have a massively big love with Spider-Man. I think that, that is a you can very really look. Peter Parker thing right there. You just said. Isn't it? Don't you think? Like, I even remember hanging upside down on the stall wall, like me and my stupidity thinking that it wouldn't break, which it did not. But. I remember like hanging upside down, and actually reading them in the bathroom at St. Elementary in Northern Illinois. So amazing, um, great times with that. And the thing is too, and this probably goes for many other characters. Probably more DC. Now that I'm saying that it's out loud, but when I was thinking about one thing that kept coming to me as I'm as I'm rewatching these films is they have nailed the archetype of the hero so insanely well through all of these movies that one could like if if we were a thousand years removed or something. People could point to the ancient Greeks and like tales of Hercules and Odysseus and probably people like Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, things like that. Like there's just something about the construction of everything surrounding the character that is practically legendary in a way, like very mythic. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I had a buddy so that just came to me. A buddy looked at me at the end of No Way Home. We were sitting in theaters and he said, "I don't know that there's any movie franchise today that tackles the the question of virtue better than the Spider-Man movie. So I watched all these movies with that in my mind. That these are movies that that you, you got the hero archetype, and those heroes are struggling mm -hmm. to be virtuous. And yes, it's really well done. They're really they're really meaty movies. They're not. Yeah, they're. Yeah, they're, I mean, I think that well, that's a really fascinating perspective because I think that. They do dive into the virtue like crazy, but not only that, there is something that occurs in these movies that really doesn't happen in massive block, blockbuster films much, which is the hero often loses yeah. in yeah. the end, and he 
picks himself up by the bootstraps and keeps going, but whether that be the death of a loved one, which we will get into spoilers like crazy for all of these, but we'll all also have moments. Absolutely of, everyone. Yeah, all of them. We, we will. Them. I think we should commit. We're not going to talk spoilers for No Way Home until we get to No Way Home. So if you want to yeah. listen right up to No Way Home and then stop, great. Yeah, I think I'll timestamp that for everybody, too. If you, I mean, and here's the thing, too. Uh, since I just saw that movie Monday, because it was an insane winter season I won't get into, mm. um, I only just saw it, so I can absolutely respect that somebody hasn't seen it yet. And honestly, like, if you have not seen it, but you are a fan of these movies and life, for whatever reason, has thrown you curveballs, like, I don't want this to be spoiled for you, because yeah. it really is utterly fantastic, and there's a lot of great things about it. Um, and so I... When we get to that section, we'll do spoilers. We will save yep. spoilers until we get there. Um, but if you haven't seen No Way Home, like, like truly, do not listen to this episode until you see No Way Home. I'll just leave it at that. Well, no, I mean, I think, I think if we, let's l- not. L- they can listen up to the point where we talk. Correct. About no Way That's Home. what I mean. Yeah. Yes. Stop. Stop yeah. before we start talking about No Way Home. We'll keep the spoilers out before that. Yeah. Awesome. And then, you know, we'll also talk about some of the folks on Facebook that posted about their favorite Spider-Man. So thank you all for participating, those of you who did. They all have great um, opinions. They're not right, but they're great opinions. Uh, absolutely. So let's do so it. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2002, directed by Sam Raimi, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Which is a pretty dang good score. It's a pretty dang good score for a... And it's a pretty dang good movie. Popcorn <laughs> superhero movie. Tell me, when did you first see this? I absolutely saw it in theaters, um, and I absolutely pirated the hell out of it, uh, probably mm. on Kazaa or LimeWire, mm-hmm. not that that matters, but, um, and it was definitely like a camcorder version, so it was a bit with the weird, <laughs> bo- I don't want to get into it, but uh, yeah, I definitely saw it in theaters, probably, like I see most of the movies I talk about when I lived in Phoenix, probably saw it at AMC 24 or Harkins at Arizona Mills, um, and I loved it. I thought Tobey Maguire was an amazing Peter Parker. I still love it, and I still think he's an amazing Peter Parker. And I will say this, too. I don't feel like... I, I think I had this note for later on, but just to get this out of the way from the start, I don't have a favorite Spider-Man. I don't have a favorite Peter Parker because each of the actors who, who did it Very were true. perfect for the tone of the movie that they were in, right? Yes. So I don't think... I don't think Andrew Garfield would have been a particularly good most recent Spider-Man. And I don't know if Toby would have had the... Yeah, right, right, exactly. So I think... I actually just want to give a shout-out to the casting directors Mm -hmm. who did a fantastic job finding the right Spider-Man. Now, I do have... So I don't... Yeah. There are certain characters I feel are are more iconic to what I picture Peter Parker is, but I Mm -hmm. like that they're riffing on various attributes of Peter Parker that not... Yeah. And we'll get to that as we go through it. Sure. So, but yes, I did see it in theaters. um, And I will tell you this too. The one thing I could not erase, even as the movie started was I remember seeing the band teaser when he trapped the helicopter in between the twin towers. Like I remember that. Yes. I remember that too. Way, way, way back in the day. Mm hmm. Yep. I remember that long, long time ago. So I couldn't even get that out of my own head as the movie started. Because the helicopter runs into um, the web between the towers. Yeah. Um, Exactly. I think well, yeah, I've seen. Yeah. I think I've seen every single Spider-Man movie opening weekend. I uh, wow. I think I saw each one in theaters. I'm trying to. Cause this is one of the uh, Spider-Man one was one of the first movies. This is just me getting to the age where I could go to movies without my parents. Uh huh. And the and I believe this is one of the first movies I saw without my parents. So I was getting old enough that I could just go to a movie with my friends and. Sweet. Wow, what a blast of a movie! I mean. Yeah. This is. It, I, does it still hold up in your opinion? Like compared oh, to, yeah. I would just say movies of the day. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And the thing is, 
I mean, I think it holds up to MCU movies. There's some cheesiness, there's some late 90s, early 2000s here, but you know what? I, I think it exemplifies it in a way that is loving. Like, I I love the cheesiness <laughs> yeah. that comes out of it. I Yeah, I, I will say yeah. this too. It's hard to, th- to see the movie without seeing, um, I mean, the second that Willem Dafoe, which, by the way, it was good to see him in, in his most normal role of all time as Norman Osborn. It's the most <laughs> normal thing he's ever been. As soon as he says, I'm something of a scientist myself, I thought, oh, crap. Now I can't, I literally can't see that without the meme that it is. Sure. Man, he chews the scenery. I mean, even when he doesn't have a face, he's covered in a Power Rangers mask, he's chewing the scenery. He's so good in this yeah. movie. He's so good in this movie. Um... I loved a lot of it. I, there was even during like the wrestling scene, like there were a ton of actors and actresses yeah. like Octavia Spencer ran. Right. I, I, heard, I like, didn't know she was right? in that until this watching. Right. Yeah. One of our first things, but I remember her line of being just like any injuries you get and probably will sustain like that whole thing. Like I remember her and then Bruce Campbell and Randy Savage, of course was uh-huh. in there. Muscle man, Randy Savage mm-hmm. as Bonesaw. Bonesaw. So good. Um, um, and I remember too, like when, when he gets thrown against, even to this day, when he gets thrown against that cage and he lands on his head, I'm like, damn it. Like that's still a stunt that would break somebody's neck yeah. for goodness sake. Yeah. Well, I think there's yeah. something to say. The stunts, this movie looks gorgeous. I mean, the, the, yes. this is an early CG, uh, th- not there's been CG for a while, but this is one of the first movies where they're using CG characters interspersed with real mm-hmm. characters. And it looks yeah. really good. It, holds it really up. does. Yeah, there's like a few things like uh, the guys when they turn to skeletons on the balcony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah when yeah, he yeah, rescues yeah. MJ and her hair is blowing the wrong way, like there are little things like that that I I, can't I would never have noticed that if somebody didn't point it out to me though. And I, yes, I that, forgot about it. And I didn't notice watching the movie. So yeah, but that upside down kiss though. Oh man, uh, that is iconic as hell. I mean, as a how old would I have been? When did this movie come out? 2002. So I was yeah. 14. Immediately in love with Mary Jane Watson. And yes. It's one of the hottest kisses in movie history. Let's just yes, call it what it, it is. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I love, I mean, I loved Uncle Ben tracking down the thief. Like, it was a, just a very solid yes. origin story. Yes. And I, and I even wrote my notes. Man, this movie is still so freaking solid. It's <laughs> like, just that's a great just in my movie. Notes. It really is. Yeah. And... I mean, it takes a lot for me to say this, but I even enjoy uh, Harry Osborn, despite all the crap. Name. Actor. Oh, James Franco? James Franco. James Franco has one of the most punchable faces ever. Actually, I will state that it, I think it's a general rule that if if you're going to play uh, Harry Osborn, you have to have a punchable face. Uh, we'll oh, get to good. that We'll more get to later. that in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. we will. <laughs> um... But I really enjoyed cool. him in this movie. I mean, I even enjoyed Flash, having Joe, De, uh, Joe uh, Magliola show Man, up. For, yeah. yeah. Which, of course, the irony of that now is, like, he is known in Hollywood as being the biggest effing Dungeons & Dragons right. nerd, and here he is as Flash picking on a picking nerd. Picking on a nerd. Like, I absolutely love that. And it's, uh, again, it's a movie about virtue. It's a, it's a kid who, his emotions are completely reasonable at every moment, and, yes, and his uncle inspiring him to get over them and do the right thing, anyways. And I, I think I teared up in every movie except one, but this one was a lot. Mm-hmm. Not as much as my most, which we'll get to next. Sure. But yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I will say two other notes that I have as when it, the only time I burst out, like truly burst out laughing was when he and, he and MJ are talking and he goes, I hunch. And she goes, don't. I went <laughs> like this as loud as I could like that. I don't know. I don't remember that at all, but I was just like, what the hell? This dialogue. I love it but though. It That's good. the kind of dialogue a teenager would think. I, I, I think yeah. a teenager would think this makes me sound deep. It, it rings out to me as true and silly in an honest way at the same time. Yep. Um, I would be suffice if, or I, I don't want to miss this note, which was, it was written by David Coop, who is one of the great, great screenwriters of our time. He wrote Jurassic Park yeah. and Mission Impossible and War of the Worlds, among many, many others. And he's also an author. Um, and he has almost every single script that he has written and his unproduced stuff available for free on his website. Wow, so if you want to read some more cool. Spider-Man stuff, well, yeah, because I think it's either the treatment or the pitch doc or something. No, I think it, maybe it is the script. I'll have to check his website again. But his unused draft for Spider-Man 3. So I totally want awesome. to check that out. Awesome, uh, we'll awesome. put that in the show notes as well. So, so not the uh, one they made. He has an un- It's on there. Correct. Oh, correct. well, I'm reading that. <laughs> All right, so and we'll talk about the other thing that you read later too. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man Two. Oh, uh, Spider-Man Two is still my favorite Sp- of all of them. Spider-Man Two um, is towards the top of my favorite movies of all time. Um, yep, it's as, actually my number eleven on my top movies of all time. It's number eleven. It's definitely top ten. It may be top five. I, I haven't ranked my movies in a long time, but um, I will say what. I, no movie can I credit more directly for inspiring my love of film more than the Spider-Man 2. I mean, I was a Star Wars oh, nerd man. before this. I was an Indiana Jones nerd before this. But I got to Spider-Man 2, and I remember we went opening night, opening day. It was the opening day. It was after school we got in line. I yep. remember the people I saw it with. I remember sitting outside the Little Circus Twin Theater in Helena, Montana. It's no longer there. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a uh, coffee kiosk and uh, Christmas tree lot Aww. now but i remember watching this movie and i came out and i just knew that it was like it was something clicked in my mind that movies don't have to just be painful pretentious art or dumb fun schlock <laughs> they can yeah. be inspiring and artistic and entertaining and fun they can they can make you cry and laugh in a genuine way, it can touch you on the inside and just make you happy to be alive. And I, this is this is where I fell in love with film. I mean, everybody likes movies. Nobody dislikes movies. This is where I fell in love with film. <laughs> this is a masterwork of craftsmanship. Um, Alan, Alvin Sargent was uh, the, I believe he got the biggest writing credit. But there, I think there were three writing credits on this one. Or maybe that was three. My memory's blanking me, but... Um, wait, did you say that they... Tore down the theater and put a parking lot in there? Yeah. Yeah. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot? Th- that's correct. Yes. They, they, okay. They, no, no, I love that theater, and I do miss it. And, and Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's exactly what cool. they did. Bastards. Awesome. Bastards. Um, this is a masterwork in screenwriting, uh, especially when it comes to your characters. Um, there's. Yeah. There's a quick way to summarize if you want to write a script. What you do is you chase your character up a tree, throw rocks at him, and then eventually figures out a way to get down. Is kind of the idea when you're writing a movie. They beat the hell out of Peter 
all throughout the movie, not just yeah. physically or mentally, but personally. It kills you watching it because all you want to do is see him succeed you want him one to time. Be happy. Yeah, Mary Jane, don't disappoint me. Him, I won't. I wrote narrator. He will. Every scene just beats him down. The rent, the pink clothes in the washer and the dryer. Mm-hmm. When he gets his powers kind of back and he try and he hurts his back and he tries to lean on a car for one second and the car alarm goes off. Like you he never gets a moment. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of the more endearingly awesome things about this film is like he just gets the crap beat out of him life is perfect perfect kind of for the moment when he just gives up being spider-man for good and that's what i love about it he doesn't get a moment until he takes it for himself and the universe says you can have it but you can't be the good man that you're called to be like him having to tell i thought the cheesiest moment in this movie is him telling his uncle no more no more no more yeah yeah as an adult i love it more and more because it's this man who wants to be happy and needs something for himself but he can't because he has something he needs to do for others. And the world won't let him forget that he... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Even the name of the play that Mary Jane is in is called The Importance of Being Earnest. Oh, like, it just hits you together. everywhere. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, this... I mean, that, that phone call sequence where he just lays it on the line to a dead phone, my enemies would hurt you, I wish I could tell you everything. Oh, Come on, get out of here. Give the kid whatever he wants. I think one of the most heartbreaking scenes in any movie ever is him getting ready to go to Mary Jane's play. And that music from um, Jet comes on. I love that song so much. I've got that's on my repeat playlist. I'm having a bad day. That's the song I listen to when I think about Spider-Man. And he's looking at his clothes and he doesn't know which suit to pick. And he's so excited to see this girl, but he can't afford all the flowers. And it's like you're watching it. And you just know he's not going to make it. Something's going to yeah. happen. And it's it's not going to be that he couldn't make it. It's going to be that he has to choose to not make it for the sake of somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's right. He's just he's trying to get to that show, but that responsibility of being Spider-Man, it's just always in his uncle's shadow. It's always in the back of his mind. Um trying to think of like there was a moment where like Hal Sparks the comedian in the elevator shows up I'm like oh my gosh that's the guy from I love the 80s 90s uh-huh, whatever uh-huh. like no I forget about that um one thing one character who is super minor in the series but was not in the cartoons was Robbie Robertson and I was so happy to see him finally get some sort of lines and do's and like that look that he gives Peter like he understands that he's Spider-Man mm-hmm. and such a great character that had like a little bit of a spotlight and that reminded me too um even the minor characters arc in an interesting way like even jonah right. has a moment where he's like yes we miss spider-man and then of course we bring him right back in so like that's his little mini arc right mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. i mean for goodness sake they wouldn't even give aunt may the freaking toaster oh, why aunt couldn't may. you give her the toaster oh joel mccann when he shows up all his kids yeah. kick out of him. oh my gosh um, um oh that toaster oh, no. aunt may what what a treasure of an actress mm-hmm Yep. And her performance in this movie, Rosemary Harris, what else has she been in? I don't even know. All I know is she is, she is. May Parker. <laughs> she's May Parker. And, and she, I, if she gave me advice, I would die to do whatever she told me to do. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me going on the theme of this movie. I have to read the whole thing now. Henry knows a hero when he oh, sees one. Too few cry. characters out there. Oh, I can't do it either. Uh, are you, 
What? Oh my gosh! What would be a more perfect theme for this day and age? Oh, keep than going, to give up the going. things we want the most, even our dreams. I'm just saying, like oh. um, everybody loves a hero. People line up for them, cheer them, screen their names, and years later they'll tell how they stood in the rain for hours just to get a glimpse of the one who taught them how to hold on for a second longer. I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally allows us to die with pride, even though sometimes we have to be steady and give up the thing we want the most, even our dreams. Get out of here with oh. that. Are you kidding me? Like, where is that in, in, like, anything that I see nowadays? Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's that's the message for the people. I did an entire talk mm. to teens on a retreat about this speech. And like, I will never forget this speech. Here's the thing I love most about it is she's giving it. And I think I think you can see Toby McGuire get inspired. I don't think he's acting. Um, yeah, I don't think so either. You can see oh, in Peter goodness. Parker's eyes that he's realizing he has to sacrifice himself. And he has to find his self-worth mm-hmm. in the sacrifice of himself. That he's, yeah. he's sad he has to do it. He doesn't want to do it. But he can do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Uh, dude, that the car through the cafe sequence, um, which was in the very first trailer they put out for this movie. It was, yeah, even that was the watching teaser. It now, yeah, it still gives me goosebumps when the wheel goes right by his face and it's and the framing of it, like the car is like almost the entire freaking frame when it bursts through the window. And, uh, I, I mean, good God, I still think about how insanely good that shot was. And it just leaves such a, um, like just such a, an impactful feeling. And then you get Sam Raimi's classic, like jump zoom that he the, does. Oh, when I Doc love them. They're to show so up. good. Yep. Yep. That's totally his trademark thing. I see it all the time. And like everything he does, like, I love that. Um, and then man, we get the unmasking sequence, which I think. Well, right, in that scene, we got to talk about how great the show-not-tell is, where his glasses, those glasses are such a great, he has purpose, and he's going to go do what he's got to do. And I love that moment. And his vision is clear. His vision is clear. He doesn't need, yeah, he doesn't need that anymore. Um, And then, yeah, like, I think the thing that, you know, like I was saying, with the Mandalorian, people are saying like too much right now that they are just kind of unmasking him too much, and like should the mask be on uh, more? Should they take it off less? Like, what's the deal that we should be doing with that? And uh, you, you know, there's something fascinating about when we see our heroes unmasked and people get to there's that tension, like the I don't want to say the dramatic irony, but like. The big dramatic irony of Spider-Man is that we all know that he's Peter Parker, despite the fact that nobody else knows. Even the people on the train are like, we won't tell anybody, which is still super oh, awesome. Train um, scene. But when Harry pulls the mask off, I remember in the trailer, like that was like the moment I anticipated more than any other was how's his friend going to react. And still, again, Franco, you know, say what you will. But that performance of him it's dropping great. the knife and being like, Pete, no, not you. And just, oh, my gosh just awesome there's something so powerful and revealing there always has been and always will be and, and then gosh doc ock i could talk about him forever too like one of the best comic uh, book great... villains ever yeah i completely agree a, a tragic villain his story is so freaking so sad like he the hit the relationship with him and his wife was like maybe two minutes and 50 seconds but it was an inspiring two minutes and 50 seconds but it was a great relationship like you knew exactly who they were like you she, knew what uh, he she was quoting poetry and mm. yeah exactly and, and look uh, i wouldn't i went i got a degree in biology and i often thought about him talking about the privilege of being a scientist i thought about that yes. all through college it's a privilege 
uh, it's it's the Spider-Man's calling, right? It's he goes through yeah. a similar arc that this was taken from me, and I need to get, earn what I I deserve this, and realizing no, you don't. Your brilliance, oh you owe it to society. You have to sacrifice yourself for others, and and that's. Mm. Mm. It's, it's one of the I would say that's you know I talk about this a lot in Back to the Future but that's one of the best payoffs ever is when he tells him verbatim we have to be steady and give what we want the most even our dreams like I can't watch that scene to this day because it just gets me in the heart so well so uh, and then Mary Jane of course sees him and then that unmasking <laughs> Yeah, I, and I, I almost like that started the trend too of like him not noticing people are behind him, you know, like through all the other movies. There's always like somebody behind Peter, and that's how they find out. But so, yeah. so uh. the moment when he turns to Mary Jane and she gives that that smile and that almost that somewhere between a sob and a laugh as she's like relieved and realizes all I of get these it. Things, yeah, I looked at my wife. I'm like, man, this is one of the most romantic <laughs> movies ever made. Yeah, it sure this is. This is one man. of the like, most romantic movies ever made. There's not a rom com out there that tugs on my romance heartstrings as much as Spider Man Two does. Yeah, their relationship. Oh. Uh, mm, mm. so good. And finally, you get to that end where you know um, she doesn't go. He doesn't go with the astronaut. You know, call Diane, the caterer. Yeah, tell her not to open the caviar. <laughs> uh, and she runs. And she runs to Peter. Oh, in his man. crappy apartment with his angry landlord. Rent. <laughs> and the last line of that movie, go get him, tiger. It's, yeah. It's so And cool. his being like, thank you, Mary Jane, because somebody finally saved him. Like, ah, oh, perfect, perfect film. But it's also the it. thing he needed, right? Not only did he yep. need to sacrifice for others, he needed to let somebody sacrifice for him, and that's the magical, wonderful thing that makes it all work together. So much more I yep. can say about this movie. Uh, we will, I'm going to link in the show notes. We need to put that the dissertation on how, uh, the hospital scene is one of the greatest short films. Yes. Of all yes. Time. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. Um, in fact it was, let me check to see who said it. It was Jake, my good buddy, Jake Schneider, who said that, um, you know, that Spider-Man two, the, the, the hospital scene and the hero and all of us moment. Like that's why two is the best. Yep. Uh, Zach said it was, uh, back when he watched those movies, that two was the absolute best. Um, my wife's cousin, Aaron, he also is going to say Spider-Man two. Yep. We asked people to ask their favorites. I tried to do a poll and the darn thing wouldn't work. So I just, I was like, yeah, the, the best Spider-Man movie is blank. And we really only got two answers. <laughs> so, uh, and I think you'll all know the last one, but anyway, um, I love what you said about it being a romantic movie. Um, and then her having to finally sacrifice for him. And then Spider-Man 3 came out. Well, that's just it. Spider-Man 2's themes just complemented each other and built on each other and crescendoed and hit you in the heartstrings. I don't know if I've ever been more excited for a movie than Spider-Man 3. Well, we saw it in Steubenville. I remember yeah. that was opening weekend. Have you ever experienced something where you psych yourself up so much? That when you get out of it, you convince yourself that it wasn't as bad as you think it is. Like, I think so. I think that, you know, there's a, well, we talked about this psychology a little bit before where sometimes you're so hyped and so excited that when you finally see it, all it can do is let you down. But if you go on with zero expectations, then it's almost like, like I, I don't remember what movie I said last year that I saw. Um, it was the Hugh Jackman one. Um, reminiscence sure. that everyone just ripped to shreds and hated it. So when I saw it, I'm like, this is going to suck. And then it didn't, it wasn't the worst thing I ever saw. Like some comments and reviewers said, and then I just enjoyed it for what so, it is. 
This is that opposite. I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking even the opposite of where something lets you down. I'm saying where you're in denial, right? You won't let yourself I see it. I I felt this way with uh, the Force Awakens, which I think is a good movie. I do. But People I, accuse I me of this with the Last Jedi, but it's still not true. Yeah. No, Last Jedi is not denial. That's a brilliant movie. Shut the hell up. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But this uh, movie, I, was I did in not denial. write many. Yeah. I was in denial. So. Four of the movies we're going to talk about tonight, excluding uh, No Way Home, because it's still in theaters. Four of these movies I have not seen since theaters. This is the first one I hadn't seen since theaters. Okay, yeah, same. And I watched it last night, and I was ready to give it the benefit of the doubt. Because, again, I... I <laughs> yeah. I, I was angry. <laughs> you were angry when it was I was not just disappointed. This movie made me angry. Man, there, just there were... I wrote one note, which is there is good stuff in this one, but it's bloated and such a harsh departure from the last. Still good moments, but it's not as terrible as I recall. That being said, <sighs> yes, <it is>. so <laughs> maybe I'm the one in denial now. Crap. No, I'm, t- I'm giving you a hard time. Have yeah. your opinion, please. I want to hear it. Well, it's just I think that there were some good things. I think there were some things that... Which I, we, you know, we're cinema gush. We don't want to be too hateful, but I, because of the theme of this particular episode, I just there we were lines of on, there on were lines of, the of nine movies yeah. here. Oh, for we sure, could, we could be a little cra- cruel. There were <laughs> there were lines of dialogue that I just didn't believe. Like maybe it was because you know Mary mm-hmm. Jane was Peter's first girlfriend, but him like trying to volunteer how good his day is and not just listening to her. Like I was just like, is that really how that's it seems, working? It it didn't fit with the character. Let me. This is the thing that I walked away with more than anything. I don't know the time that I've watched a movie, let alone a sequel to an established character, that has worked so hard to make me dislike their protagonist. Oh, goodness, yes. And you can't blame the symbiote on that. You can't blame the Venom thing on that. I think some people right? can. It was before the symbiote. He yeah. was awful. Yeah. No, and that he wasn't getting... Um, you know, I don't know if there was supposed to be some sort of... I'm trying to think. I don't want to give, go too into, like film class on this, but was there some sort of ideal that because he suffered so much in the last movie, people need to see him have some joys and some success, which now we know, of course, like he should have been beat down again and he should have had, you know, those tough spots and tough moments. But when everything's just working out for somebody, there's, you don't even know unconsciously that you're not enjoying what you're seeing, but it's like, it's like, what's that terrible? But it was jo- not even yeah. that it was working out for him. It was that he was, he handled it so bad. Yeah. It made him an awful person. And and you know what? After two movies of you making me root for Mary Jane and Peter Parker, don't stomp on that like you did. Yeah. That's the point where you need to have him in have him have some success. Their relationship needed to have some happy moments. Mm-hmm. If you want to have them struggle, have them struggle in four. Let let <laughs> let my man have some romance. Yeah, and I think and, and, you know, there's I almost had to think like there was some sort of producer in some draft that was like Harry Osborne's in this too much and too many villains are like well, let's just give Harry amnesia let's just do that because I was just like you've got to be kidding me like you got to bump on his which it was a pretty and then take bump. it away yeah yeah he has like three arcs in this movie that happened in sequence that's true the the butler I loved your father thing it's like wait a minute who the hell are you <laughs> like was kind of my thought when he started being like he's been I in loved... all three movies oh I know but good lord couldn't you have told him this stuff sooner or anything sooner, or a glimpse sooner, or a shot. Like it would have had to have been set up since the first film, but they tried to cheat 
like it was, and he was just kind of there, I suppose. Like, and that I mean, I don't want to beat on the Butler guy too much, but um, I don't know. Everything about Franco, like when he got his memory back, and like the winking in the window, and suddenly he's gone. Stuff. I'm just like, what is going on in this film? And and boy, oh boy. I'm sure he was fine in that 70s show, which I did not watch at all, but gosh, I hated Topher Grace's Eddie Brock so much. I know. Oh. I, you know the truth is, I don't hate Topher Grace. I don't either. I think he's a decent actor. Yeah. Um, I, I tell not you, what, I'll, cast tell you right. I'll tell you what not I did right. hate like crazy was uh, him like in church asking God to kill Peter Parker. I'm like, dude, I don't know what faith you have to think you are to ask God to kill somebody, but like that's not how God's ever worked ever. <laughs> but it also seems out of nowhere, right? Very, uh, yeah. I well, mean, he humiliated. He's, just a, he's a bit of a douche, but he's not murderous a until that. A bit moment. of a douche. I mean, Eddie Brock Jr., sir. Like, oh gosh, and he was a jerk to Peter right off the bat, and uh, I really liked Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen. That was kind of a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameson really ramps it up to 11, I thought. I like Betty Brant oh, yeah. and Elizabeth Banks. J.K. Simmons so great. is the best part of the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, even Stanley's Leaving... cameo was garbage. Right. Leaving the theaters, I remember... I uh, I had in my mind the best part of the movie was um, uh, Hayden Church. That... Thomas Hayden Church, San... yes. Thomas Hayden Church. Sandman. I thought his performance was best. But watching it again... He doesn't have a character story until, like, he doesn't have a moment the last 30 seconds he's on screen. That's yeah, the moment and, I liked of his. Yeah, and I think even just, I know it was exposition, but even, like, him explaining what happened to Uncle Ben, like, I liked that moment. Um, you know, Sandman is also a very iconic Spider-Man villain. Um, but again, like, this one and one other one we'll talk about later, I just, it was bloated. Like, there was just too much. Like, Venom should have had his own film. You know, Doc Ock yep. carried the second one. And like, you could have had just one villain carry three. Like, you know. Raimi's, Raimi's gone on record about how he didn't want to put Venom in. The studio made him. He never thought Venom was that compelling. Yeah, All and not just clear. that. He, he still isn't proud of this movie. Like, he still doesn't like a lot of it, he said. You know, one of the other things I... I think in this movie, you can tell... You can tell, like, pie charts... Or not pie line graph... Where the budget is spiking for special effects. Oh, there are man, moments yeah. in this movie that the special effects don't look as good as the first one. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. that first goblin fight, the green screen is awful, and <laughs> some of the frame rate chops up and down, and it's and some of the shots look great, but some of the shots just look awful. Jurassic Park syndrome, baby, it's a real thing. What's that? I'm not familiar with Jurassic Park. You, well, you know, like the monsters in Jurassic... I'm sorry, not the monsters. The dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, the first one, it's still some of like, the best right, special right. effects you'll ever see, but every Jurassic Park since then looks worse. Well, the thing is, is the limitations. When you have limitations, you have to get clever, and often things look better. I, I'm sure part of what you're, we're talking about here is Spider-Man 3 didn't have limitations. Mm-hmm. They had a few bigger budget. They could do what they want. And oh, a huge budget. Look yeah. as good. Um, okay. If there was one, we have, we have. But if there's one other thing I did like, um, I did like the eventual Venom trapping sequence. I thought that was really wickedly cool. Um, Yeah, that was good. That was a good, um, clever helicopter. There it is. Yes. There is. I will also post this in the show notes. One of the oldest YouTube videos I can think of. Um, 
it's like black film productions. Some, I'll have to post in the show notes, but there's a product placement version of Spider-Man 3 trailer, and it is funny as hell. Uh, um, and I rewatched it because of this. it's the same. Did I, did I ever show you uh, 300, the PG version? No. No? Okay. I, I got two videos to post now in the show notes. <laughs> um, but anyway, I yeah, I, I, I can still, this is so weird. I can still remember the pavement of the parking lot walking out of this movie being like, well, that sucked. Like I was, at the time I was buying a lot of manga and I was like, I could have bought a manga for the price of this movie. <laughs> so I was, yeah. So, which actually leads me into just a little sub note here is, uh, they were starting to work on Spider-Man four right around 2007. It was in development. Uh, Sam Raimi was going to direct, uh, Toby and Kirsten and other cast members were going to reprise their role. Um, Raimi had said in March, 2009, that, um, the fourth would be in development. There's a fifth and sixth that was potentially coming their way. But um, what's interesting is if you read through the story. One second. Oliver, what the hell are you doing? Give me this. <laughs> He's eating a tissue box. Um, He's a good boy. Uh, at some point, they started doing drafts and treatments, and he never liked anything. And the story goes that he eventually went to Amy Pascal and said, I can't do it. I hate all of it. I don't want to waste the studio's money. And she just said, thank you. And they had the amazing Spider-Man ready to go. Oh, they were ready to go. He was. They had, they had a script that had been in development in case this wasn't going to work out. But, um, and you can read all the stuff that they were going to do for Spider-Man four. They really wanted to introduce uh, black cat, Felicia Hardy, who is a really cool character. She should be in some movie at some point for goodness sake. Cause her character, her powers are awesome. Um, Voltress would have been in there. Um, and then, yeah, so I had found a treatment for Spider-Man 4 <laughs> from the Sony leak that was online, and I sent it to Brendan today. <laughs> Brendan, your thoughts? <laughs> I'm glad they didn't make Spider-Man 4. Could you tell he um, hated it? <laughs> I oh mean, gosh. I'm just going to read the line, right? So, <laughs> I don't even want... Uh, okay. Okay. So he summary to get you to this place, J. Jump into Jameson's fired and Vulture has is now the the um editor. Editor. Also, she's Mary Jane's real father. He's Mary um, yeah. He's Mary Jane's real father. And uh Peter finds this out and Mary Jane and him argue about it, and then Mary Jane figures it out, and then Mary Jane says, You were right, I don't know why I didn't believe you. Also I'm dumping you and moving to LA. Um, that's all one scene. Um, and then he goes and, and Electra shows up and, and action scenes occur and eventually he runs into Black Cat and they make passionate love in his dinky apartment and he joins her in the shower and they make love again and and they talk about her butt in the treatment an awful lot. And then, Her bare naked butt, I believe, was the three-letter word. And then they go to fight Electra, who's 25 stories high and they don't know what to do. And... Quote, Cat thinks of the only thing she's really good for, dot, dot, dot. She slightly takes off her top, revealing her cleavage. <laughs> Which, if you read the comics Which, and the cartoon, you're like, yeah, that's not too far off. <laughs> but you know what? We're better it's, than this. We're, <laughs> we're better than we're this. We're all better than this. And the, and again, if you if you do find this, I am not going to post this, but if you do find this treatment and you're Googling .pdf, like... 
realize that the guy who wrote it is also currently hating the hell out of it and doesn't know what to do with it. And sometimes when you get cornered like that, it's okay to just no, it, to not do it. Like it's okay to to quit yeah. and say no thanks. But the thing is, is I've watched enough Sam Raimi movies. I've watched enough interviews. I can see him hating this as he's writing it. It's like him throwing. You can watch here in his words and throwing up his hands in the air and saying, "You know what? This character's got no worth." Let's. I mean, you could tell him self hate. I see self hate yep. in this. Oh treatment. yeah. Oh yeah. And then how did he get to some screenwriters who are like, okay. Like the one when he meets Wu for the first time in Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Um, just right. to, yeah, so. And there's clearly other versions of this. If you Google, there's a dozen other versions yeah. of this movie that he clearly tried to make, but. At the end of the day, people in the movie business don't know what they're doing either. And that's okay, too. As, as you get older, True. you just discover that adults are also just children in big people's clothes, and that's okay. Yep. That yep. being said. And the Amazing Spider-Man, that was my favorite Aunt May, Uncle Ben combo. Um, they were great. They were great in it. And I, Andrew Garfield was great in it. And, and Mark Webb is a fantastic director. He directed 500 Days of Summer, which is like my favorite rom-com. Um, so here's I, – I hadn't seen these two movies since theaters. Mm-hmm. And I was ready to be okay on them. Yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of both of these movies. I really... Uh, they have their flaws. I really enjoyed the hell out of both Amazing Spider-Man movies. I would They're say great. that... So I, I watched the first one. I got up really early this morning so I could watch the first one because I also had not seen it since the theaters when it first came out in 2012, I think, is the year. Yes. Uh, yep, and, yep, and 14. And I will say of all the Spider-Man movies that we are talking about today... This one felt the most cinema-esque. I loved the cinematography in it. I loved the framing. Mm, um, you know, the follow-along with the webbing, the slowdown moments, um, all, of, all of the shots like that, I was just like, this is like, this movie's just freaking gorgeous, like straight up and down. Um, and I, me personally, when, as a kid, what I pictured Peter Parker, Andrew Garfield is the closest to what I pictured Peter Parker to be. Yep. I would agree with that as well. He, he Absolutely. fits that archetype closely. And, oh, the chemistry between him and Emma Stone. Just yeah. off the charts. Oh, Gwen. Gwen, who is so incredibly wonderful and, again, so huge in the comics for so much motivation. Um, great introduction. Emma is amazing. I, I love a lot of movies that she's in. I really enjoyed Cruella I talked about. and mm-hmm. um, She's a great actress, and she felt perfect for this film. Um, I will say this, too. Let's talk about Flash Thompson for just a second here. Um, Flash is a okay. very interesting character because, you know, he's the bully. We know him a lot as the bully. But, man, this guy is a psychopath when we first meet mm. him. Then Peter gets his respect from the basketball. And then, like, even when he's holding Peter up, he says to him, feels better, right? And it's just, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, he could have been, like, yeah, I get it. I know what pain is. I had this happen to me. This happened to me. He just says, yeah, it feels better, right? And it it establishes so much more in your head that this guy has got wicked depth. Um, yeah. And I know that he plays, uh, what is he in the comics now? Anti-Venom, I think his, his character is. Um, and there's another uh, Spider-Man series where he like goes to the Iraqi war and he comes back with no legs. Like uh, Flash is a really interesting and complex character. And I thought this particular series handled him the best, in my opinion. Um, I think you're right. I think you're yeah. right. And and I do like that 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 question of moral virtue that he has to go that Flash had it coming to him, mm-hmm. and you had no right to give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, that yeah. this is a broken kid, and 
you proving that it does not make you more of a man. Yep. I also like uh, what they were trying to do with Peter's parents with the backstory, because again, if you read the comics, there's a lot of backstory about Peter's parents and them being spies. I think that's spectacular. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Oh gosh. There's I, a whole thing about them. Yeah. The, the parents are to me, was the weakest part of the, well, no, not the weakest part. I, yeah, they didn't do anything for me. It was fine. You know, I just realized I was neglecting to read the Rotten Tomato scores. Uh, Spider-Man 2 was 93%. Spider-Man 3 was 63%. This one was at 72%. Um, so I'm going to say right now, 2, that's too low. 3, that's too high. 4, <laughs> that's about right. Maybe a little higher. For, for the, well, for, like, not the canceled one, for, you mean, like, I mean, the I mean, Amazing, amazing Spider-Man. Amazing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's about right on. I, I... The thing is, yeah, I think 70s, right? But but the parts that work in this movie work well above a 70 in my mind. I think what's interesting, because I started, when I finished it, I was like, wow, that was particularly enjoyable. How is it only that high? And the quick browsing of reviews that I pulled up for this film all complained about the origin story uh, being a, such a big, long part of the film, which now I would like, yes. well, you'll, well, you go ahead. Well, no, I think I think this movie got burned by being rebooted so fast after Toby. I think if this is the first Spider-Man movie, it's a '90s easy. It's adored. It's a classic. Everybody loves it. Yeah, it was coming which, after Toby so soon that that doomed it. Yeah, and I think you know the tone of movies. I think because this is right around the time that I'm starting to like kind of break into LA, and uh, everything that I keep turning in keeps being met with like, okay, but like, what's the darker version of this story? What's the darker? What's the grittier version? I heard dark and grit. So many times living out there that I was like, I don't care for dark and gritty anymore. I don't want to do dark and gritty. <laughs> and this was, I'm like, as I'm watching this, especially cause I don't know, it's definitely darker. It's autumn. There's moments where I'm just thinking like somebody was telling these writers would darker go grittier. Like as they were writing this, I was like, I, I know that feeling. I know that pain, but, um, sure. The, the fact that people ragged on the fact that it was an origin story again, uh, Reminds me that DC should take a lesson and not do it for Batman anymore. They have said that we will not see Thomas and Martha get shot in the Batman. Why'd you have to say her name? He has stated concretely, no shooting of Thomas and Martha in this movie. Okay, super quick aside. I'm going to hold him to that. Yeah, super quick aside. If you go up to the movie poster for the Batman and have a flashlight with you, there is a secret Riddler message uh, written in the top left-hand corner, and it's amazing. I will put that in the show notes as well because I thought that was super freaking cool. And if you, uh, the other poster that shows Batman's face, if you look very closely in the eye, there's the question mark from the Riddler in there too. So excellent, yeah, so excited Uh, about that movie. Yeah, uh, Captain Stacy, uh, you know, he's super, super duper old in the comics, but Dennis Leary did a really good job of, you know, as being Dennis Leary as a police uh, captain. Yeah, Um, just being Dennis Leary. But I think yeah. it was perfect. It was perfect for what it needed to be. Yep, and the you know Doctor Connors, and I'm gonna call back to the '90s comic a lot, and even the comic books. Like Doctor Connors is amazingly important, especially for the work that he does. And like, again, it's that Doc Ock thing of just like this villain's got a suffering backstory and is just trying to do things right and make the world better. Um, and so I'm glad that they finally tackled the lizard. It was a bit much again, the whole darker, grittier thing, but. Um, the, the villain was the weakest part in both movies. Both the movies we're going to talk yeah. about now. I think the villain's the weakest part. It didn't do much for me, but it was the catalyst that moved the characters forward, and I really enjoyed those main characters. And holy crap, the library scene. I mean, 
the library scene. <laughs> Holy crap, that's still so freaking good. Oh, yeah. Highly recommend. It's great. It's solid. It's great. And then we got Spider-Man 2 two years later. Um, All right. Unpopular opinion. Please. I was ready to hate this movie. So was I. It is a very flawed movie. I enjoyed it a stupid amount. <laughs> I really enjoyed Spider Amazing Spider-Man 2. So did I, and I'll be I'll be honest with you too. Um a good friend had gotten me a Blu-ray of this movie years ago, and I didn't watch it until yesterday. <laughs> So this was the very first time that I saw Amazing Spider-Man Two was yesterday. Oh, you you didn't see it in theaters. So I, I did it in not. No, because I was a, I was a very very poor boy living in Los Angeles and I had no money. <laughs> I saw it in theaters. And I thought it was fine, and I, I was ready to watch it and think it was fine again. And I watched it, and it is a messy movie. It is a bloated movie. It has a lot of flaws, and I loved it. Yeah, I really well, loved it. Well, I'm glad to hear it, man. Like, Gwen, again, was, you know, her dying is one of the most iconic, I would say comic book moments in history. And so they did it insanely well done. Uh, Oh, my gosh, that backbreaking was so sad. The music was exceptionally good. Okay, people make fun of the electro rap where you're getting his internal monologue through that rap scene. I loved it, man. Did you? Oh, that's the thing I hated. I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) Oh, I thought Black, it was a great so scene. Incredible. And that was I like thought it was right, a great scene. Look, right, yeah, I, yeah. Get, I get that it's cheesy. And you know what? I think Electro's arc is messy and bloated, and I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed Jamie Foxx, and I enjoyed Nerdy Him, and I I love that score. And you know what? It is cheesy to have the score giving his internal monologue. But here's the thing, and this is the thing I will, uh, the principle I will die on. I would rather <laughs> filmmakers try something Yes. And fail, then just play it safe. And man, that was a choice. It was. It was. <laughs> and I was get a, it if you don't like it. It was just, it, it was. It, it really took me out of it. I mean, Jamie Foxx had just come off of doing Django Unchained, and then he, like, he plays this Max guy, which is like super different. Um, but I love the way the, I mean, the, even the scene where Peter first like meets Electro as he is, like just that conversation of, I remember you, and you were Max, and you're my eyes, and my, that whole thing, like, there was a moment where I was like, yeah. oh, man, he's going to turn him for good. This is amazing. And then, you know, nope. Right. But um, let's talk about Norman Osborn for a second because you hit on something in the first yeah. first two movies where you said, like, Norman deserves to be nerdy. And no, Harry. Harry. I'm sorry, Harry. Yeah, Norman was. Not, de- not deserves to be nerdy. I, no, my, my thought is that, if you're, that both Harrys are extremely punchable. Yeah. I mean, Harry, Sorry, say what you're gonna say. Well, I was gonna say it made me think of Harry in the '90s cartoon, where he's got like black hair, and then for some reason, like neon red stripes that glow, which is kind of odd. Don't um, recall that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought they did Harry very, very well. Um, at first, I did not like him. Interesting. Um, but then, by the time you get to the the big guy, like firing him. Um, I'm just like, oh man, like he really is just a kid. Cause like that actor is an insanely good actor and I expect like Shakespearean crap from him. So I'm just like, can he really play like a teenager if like he does these really high level dramas? Uh, and then, he, and then when I thought it was totally cool. I liked what they did with the goblin with the insane look of him. Um, but uh, huh. this, this suffered. I, yeah. I thought his character didn't work at all. I thought his arc was annoying. <laughs> I wanted to punch him the entire time. I also think he's a good actor. That I wanted to punch in every movie. I, 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 I explained this while watching it with my wife. I, uh, that uh, 
<laughs> Dane DeHaan is a very good actor, and I've never liked him in any role he's been in. <laughs> <laughs> what other, can you think of anything off the top of your head? He's in Chronicle. He's in uh, Valerian. He's in that oh, uh, there's a literary movie right. with the uh, oh shoot with um, Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, he's in a lot of stuff. Gotcha. But no, no, he did not work okay. for me. But he propelled yeah. the characters for just like Lizard did. He sure did. Yeah, I think that. So so th- we're yeah. the opposite. Electra didn't work for you, but he did for me. <laughs> well, Electra worked for me in the end. I just didn't care for the rap in his mind. Like, I'm going to get you better. Like, oh, sure. Just... But he was still cool. Um, yeah, I, he was okay, scary. I don't want to spoil that thing, so I'll keep that in my pocket. Uh, yeah, he was. Don't, don't like The blue glowingness was wicked cool. It's always got to be Times Square. But um, even the end... With Rhino, I was like, this movie has the same issue 3 did, which is it's the bloat. Like, I get it when you're excited because it's it's like Spider-Man. Holy crap, we get to do Spider-Man and we got to put in everybody. It's like, you don't have to put in everybody. And I think True. they learned that lesson. Um, but this movie, I was just like, man, like everybody's in this. I even think Rhino is on the Blu-ray and he's in it for all of like a second. Two and a half minutes, yeah. Paul Giamatti, the thing, baby. Thing that dif- the thing that differentiates this movie to me from 3 is yes, they are bloated in very similar ways. They are both trying to do way too much. But this one does not compromise the essence of the characters. And I think 3 did. Mm-hmm. And and I I still loved every moment with with Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone in this movie. And for all the flaws, their arc was so wonderful that I didn't care. And that's the reason I enjoyed the movie as much as I did. Yeah. I thought I, I did enjoy it, um, and I absolutely will watch it again. Um, it's almost a shame that like it felt so Empire Strikes Back with how sad and defeating it was, and then we didn't get three, you know. Um, and I have notes on that as yep. well. That like, there was a spinoff that they were working on. They wanted to do the Sinister Six, which they were hinting at towards the end, uh, which would have led into. It was Venom. very clear they were trying to copy MCU. Yep, they that had already on their mind. If you read the Sony uh, hack notes on it, it's super interesting the conversations that they were having because uh, they wanted to do Sinister Six Part One by November 2016, and then they had hired uh, Lisa Joy, who's a famous screenwriter, uh, to write a 2017 uh, Black Cat movie, and then. Um, they're even talking about in the Sony hack notes of like, oh yeah, they hired Phil Lord and Chris Miller to do some sort of Spider-Man comedy thing, which we know as into the Spider-Verse. Um, but then, you know, things just kind of came to be people. They weren't, um, they were quite upset with the mixed critical reviews, the franchise low Mm -hmm. box office performance of $700 million made the future of the franchise unclear. I mean, that's the thing is like, and, and we don't have to get too much into this, but the whole Sony owning Spider-Man and like letting Marvel borrow him for a little bit. And then, you know, I can't think of a bigger cash cow that Sony has like in their back pocket, you know? So I get the protection that they have over this character because what? that's how they keep so, the lights on. One of my favorite memes when uh, Xbox bought uh, Activision a couple weeks ago. It was just a meme of, of James Franco walking out and, and it had Sony over his forehead going, they've taken everything from me. Now all I have is Spider-Man. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh my gosh. That's so good. That should be the thumbnail for this episode. That's so good. Uh, 
So, well, I will say this. Uh, a current hashtag which has been trending is uh, make the Amazing Spider-Man 3. We'll talk about that much, much later. Um, yep. You know, I don't think that's possible at this point. I don't know. But who knows? I have thoughts, and I, I, I yeah, let's talk about it a bit. Yeah. So all of that led into Spider-Man Homecoming. Which was an incredible tone shift from the last one. Which it one really the, was. Which is one of the things that I love about this particular trilogy. Um, I love how much Ned adds to the movie. I really like Liz and MJ and Flash mm-hmm. and Vulture. Finally, like um, Vulture. Oh yeah. Vulture Bird in the Man '90s cartoon is like. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Right. You know, sometimes they say in Hollywood, like, you write something just to get a job to do something else. Like, as an example, the guy who wrote um, my super ex-girlfriend. Which is a comedy movie about a guy, Luke Wilson, who dates, oh my gosh, Anna Faris. Then he breaks up with her, but she's actually a superhero, so she like torments him because she's super powerful. The guy wrote that movie to be able to write Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, which huh. he did. And unfortunately, he passed away soon after that. But like that, he said that he specifically wrote that movie as a calling card to say, okay, I can't write superhero movies. Here's my example. Now, now let me write Silver Surfer. So, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, um, which is what made me think of the whole Michael Keaton being Birdman, and then Birdman, and then Birdman, and Birdman. Um, but Vulture in the 90s cartoon has one of, like, the coolest villain arcs um, with, like, becoming younger and, like, transferring, like, the, the spidey genetic stuff. And, oh, my gosh, like, his whole arc was what really got me into Spider-Man. So I was so glad to see the villain done well um, and with Vulture. So, yeah, and Keaton just does a great job with that that role yeah um i've forgotten that donald glover was in this ever so briefly <laughs> as one of the yeah uh, as uh as miles's uncle yeah that's right <laughs> that's right um one note that i did write down here was the way that they handled shocker is the way the other spider movies that dealt with the villain bloat syndrome i talked about they could have handled um like rhino that way they could have handled uh sure. they could have added like hydro man i suppose that way but like the way that this film dealt with the shocker bad guy as it were i wish that the other ones who dealt with the bloat stuff would have been like yeah okay we'll deal with them like right. that you know it felt like there was it was adding a touch of mythology to the world without distracting you from the story yeah um I have to say, watching Vulture put the pieces together in the car is probably my favorite scene in the whole that movie. That is such a good scene. That is such a good scene. Like when it's you such can a act, scary when you scene. actually see like the acting is so good. Like you see it on his face as he's putting the pieces together of Peter's absences and and quick leaves and then like the things occurring in the real time for him. Like you can see that on his face, and I'm like, this is amazing. Followed quickly by mm. the uh, scene where he's in the basement being like, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for her. I'm doing this for my family. He's like, why are you telling me this? I'm like, yeah, that's that's exposition dumping. Why are you telling him this? And then he's like, I just needed time for the glider. Like, I loved that. I love that they it snuck it in that yeah. way. It was so good. Uh, so I, yeah, I will no, say this. I, yeah, I, there was, I did have one very odd technical issue occur with this movie where at one point, I kid you not, I don't know if it's still this way on Xfinity, the scene with the planes, the movie for me switched to Spanish. And I don't know if <laughs> on the keyboard, but at one point, Vulture goes, hola, Pedro. And I was like, ooh, when did he call him Pedro? That's so weird. And then, because I watched with subtitles on, and it's like in English, it's like, hello, Peter. I was like, wait a second. And then, like, Peter says something to him, 
in Spanish. I was like, what the hell? And I checked the, the closed captioning settings and then switched to Spanish at some point. I was like, wait a minute. What the hell's going on here? That's amazing. So I call it Ola um, Pedro. Oh, love the Ola Pedro moment in the movie. So uh, I think this movie is dramatically better than Amazing Spider-Man 2, but I didn't enjoy it as much. Okay, yeah, tell me about that. I, I just... I think this movie's really good. I want to state that right out of the gate. I think it's a better movie, but it does seem like it played it more safe. It is not as an emo... It's an MCU movie, and MCU movies usually don't have the emotional punch that they get later on, but at this point, there was not as big a... And I didn't connect with Tom Holland as much as quickly as I think I did the other two. Yeah. I I have now by now. By Mm -hmm. this point, I have. But by then, I did not. I think... I have an issue with this film that I also have with Far From Home. Um, it's a weird issue, but here it is. Uh, this movie uses the Avengers as a crutch. And anytime it, it needs, anytime it has like a moment where something has to breathe, like there's Captain America giving like a health class speech and then here's a mention of Iron Which Man. Which is hysterical, or, but... Oh gosh, it is, it is. Just, but yeah, well, having watched it, it now... it is a little distracting. It is, you know, and... Because the thing is, this Spider-Man did not debut in Spider-Man Homecoming. He debuted in Civil War. So we right. already kind of had, you know, a little bit of Peter there from that movie. So sure. um, that was... I don't want to say it was a distraction because it really wasn't that bad in this movie. It was just, you know, no. part of the villain's motivation. And I don't um, even think it's bad. It's just, yeah, I don't think it's bad. It's just, uh, it, it, it was less of a Spider-Man movie than the other movies. Yeah, which, again, um, what did this one get on Rotten Tomatoes? I have it listed as, do, 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 Amazing Spider-Man 2 got 51%. Homecoming got 92%. I do think that is too high. Um, yeah, I, I put it in the solid 80s range. Yeah. It's a very good movie. And again, Tom Holland is the perfect Peter Parker for the particular tone that they were going for. Lots right. of jokes, lots of high school stuff. Like the I will say this. The the writing in regards to like high school humor is perfect. Like MJ it really is. was so perfect. I my I love Zendaya. Like the and last three the last three oh. movies are just so good and i like a lot of ned and betty brant is extremely underrated and is super funny and awesome um so yeah what this movie does hit and i know they were going for it and they succeeded in hitting that john hughes feel it's got that what if john hughes what if pretty in pink was a superhero movie i mean it's great (laughs) yeah yeah which uh leads us into far from home which i think is the weakest of these three and, uh, and uh, not to harp on it too much, but again, like huh. the crutch. I thought, it was, I thought it was way better than, than Homecoming. I think there are parts of it. I think it comes, for me, it no, comes no, down to. Lay it on to, me. Lay it on me. I want to yeah, hear well, it. It comes down to the whole, um, the bad guy thing. Like, I, I mean, I think that was the, when I watched this movie the first time in theaters, I was like, okay, I think I'm too old for this now. Only because. I know all about, I keep wanting to say Magneto, but that is absolutely not the bad guy. Mysterio. Mysterio, thank you. Um, There was, I didn't buy for one freaking second that Mysterio wasn't the bad guy. And not that that's a big deal or anything, but again, like the Nick Fury. I don't think he wanted you to necessarily. That was never my impression. I think that My impression is that you're supposed to watch Peter crash into this thing. But when I was saw it in the theaters and the whole bar dissolves and they're like, we got him and they're all clapping. Everybody around me was like, oh, I was like, really? really? No, seriously. <laughs> That's why huh. I was like, maybe I am too old for this because Mysterio is a great character. 
The manipulation of the illusions was amazing. I really liked Peter's arc. Um, I got to gush a little bit too about Happy, for goodness sake. Like, John Favreau yep. has the career I could only ever dream of, of writing and directing and acting just a little bit, but also getting, like, every dream project imaginable. Like, for goodness sake, like, I don't know what nerd thing I loved as a child that this man has not been in. He's been a part of Spider Man, he's now a part of Star Wars, and he freaking does the Boba Fett stuff. Like, well, I mean, as an aside. At lunch, I watched episode six of Boba Fett, and I think that Boba Fett's been mediocre at best, but man, episode six was so good. Moving on. Oh, good to know. I've only seen the first two so far. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's he's great and he's fun. I love the relationship with well, the aunt and like Peter kind of being gotta, like, what, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you you got to give him credit because he made the MCU, had a bad experience on Iron Man 2, didn't want to keep yep. doing it, but stuck around and did his best in all the roles he asked of him. Yeah. Credit, man. Credit. Credit, man. Um, I think my favorite part of this movie was honestly the uh, <laughs> Betty Brant doing the dedication to uh, Iron Man in the beginning, and they're playing that freaking song, mm-hmm. uh, I Will Always Love You. I was dying, because it was like Comic Sans was the font. and um, Yep, it was so spot on. So, so good. Like, her and Ned having their little fling kind of a thing was just amazing. Like, I really want to watch the Heart of Iron documentary now and play Beast Slayers like they had on the airplane. I was like, I uh, wonder what the Heart of Iron documentary would be like. Ned uh, and her arc, the romance, the date. Also, I I was a boy then, Peter. Now I'm a man. <laughs> yep, like the big life lessons that he has, like he's just spitting out. I'm like, this is too perfect. So Ned's amazing. You're so wise. Yeah. I, and that's what I loved the most about this as... And, and that's what it comes down to. The movies I like the most are when I really like the, the lead cast, and I really like the lead cast in this movie. And I thought they bounced off each other so well and had such great chemistry. And, and I thought it, I thought this movie... I think this movie is the funniest Spider-Man movie. I would agree with that, I believe, actually. The more I think about it, like, the tone was lighthearted and fun, and they had... It's just mm-hmm. it's a, couple of, a couple of sad-ish moments. Um, but... Yeah, over, overall, I, th- I think it's great. Like, I think this got, what, 92, 92, 93%, something like that? It was 93%. No. I think it's also worth 90, remembering. 90%, it, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's worth remembering this is the first MCU movie post-Endgame. We needed something lighthearted. Yes, and, and, you know, Tony just hangs over the film like crazy. And, you know, it takes you all 10 seconds, if you hadn't seen it in a while, to be like, oh, yeah. That's what had just happened in the MCU at this point. Okie dokie. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. now, having seen Captain Marvel, the little twist in the end credits, I was like, oh, that's where they're from. Now I understand a little bit better. That's right. <laughs> and Secret um, Invasion's coming up soon. What is that? That's the uh, the scroll. That, that's in, in the comics, and I'm not a, a much b- better... Uh, knowledge of dc universe so i'm going to paraphrase don't don't at me yeah um, it, my understanding is the scrolls invade and take over a major portion of earth without anybody oh. knowing it and this is actually what leads up to a lot of civil war and things okay um so that's gonna the they're doing a it's a nick fury centric tv show will be secret invasion going through all that Interesting. And we'll, I will hit on Nick Fury in the next one. We're about an hour and 10 into this one, folks. And now we're going to talk about, well, okay, real quick. Jake Gyllenhaal, love him. I love him in everything. I'm glad to see he was in a, a Marvel movie. That made me happy. And I love the ending oh, of revealing more, Peter Parker. That was great, too. 
Worth noting that he was pretty much ready to go in Spider-Man 2 when Tobey Maguire's back started hurting and he wasn't going to make it. Oh, I didn't know that. Did you not know that? That no, joke so when he cool. falls down and Toby hurts his back, that was them teasing Toby Maguire that his back was hurting and he wasn't going to be able to do it because he hurt it on Biscuit. Oh my gosh, or, I didn't know or that. Or flared it on Biscuit. yeah. So Jake Gyllenhaal was ready to be <laughs> Peter Parker in Spider-Man 2. Well, while we're busy doing Did You Knows, did you know that that hot dog wasn't real meat because Tobey Maguire's a vegan? It was this big old thing in like all the men's magazines that like even a vegan can get shredded like and be a superhero. And I was like, this is so stupid. I <laughs> Such have a no little detail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, but yeah, we're about an hour and 11 in. And now we'd like to talk about No Way Home. So here comes the spoilers. Here's um, a spoiler. Spoiler now. Yeah. I loved everything about this. Good movie, man. <laughs> like, Lay it oh, on me, my, my gosh. Lay it on me. Well, no one's going to top that. I haven't cried this hard in a movie in a super long time. Um, I mean, for, I mean, thank God I was in the theater by myself because I was just like, I'm like, is anybody else here watching this with me? Like, um, all, right, all right, can I ask yeah. you? Yeah. Was it spoiled for you? I don't know how it could not be at this point. When you posted on Facebook, it was a great end to the Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy. All I could think was, okay, how will he die? So even saying that it's the end of the Tom Holland trilogy, I was like, okay, I think I kind of know how this is going to end. But no, I have been actively avoiding everything until like all social media, all comingsoon.nets, all of that stuff. So, I mean, I, my video game website spoiled this movie. It would have spoiled if I hadn't saw it on opening night. I can't believe you got You didn't know they were in it, or did you? I mean, I was watching... I was doing all the TikTok stuff for the comic book, uh, and I kept seeing the videos about like Lizard's face goes this direction, and it's unprompted. Like, so you had some okay, and and the casting rumors that were rampant, but you didn't know for sure. I did not know for sure. I literally have not gone on IMDb. I was so glad that we took our season break when we did because I didn't want to just start looking stuff up. So no, I genuinely did not know Garfield or Maguire were in it till they popped out of the freaking portal. Wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. it was wonderful. Um, my notes just say this movie has slayed me. <laughs> it is one of the best, mostly because it has earned it. Um, yes. When we did our MCU episode, you and Murph loved Endgame. I think it was your number one for both of you guys, right? It was. Yes. I get it now because looking back on it, like I don't care to watch Endgame again. I, it's not that I don't love it or like it. I do like it. I think it's great, but. To me, the idea of a movie being great just because everybody's in it doesn't didn't make sense at the time. Now I get it because it's the same kind of miracle that it all came together this kind of way. Yeah. Um, if the Oscars listen, they don't listen to this podcast. What am I saying? If there's anybody at the Academy who knows anything about how bad the ratings have been and want to improve things, you will absolutely give Willem Dafoe oh. a Best Supporting Actor nomination for an Oscar. You absolutely have to. Well, Holy did you see the crap! Rumor, what everybody's calling to be host of the Oscars? No, they there's a push, and I would be so stupidly thrilled to have Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire co-host the Oscars. <laughs> That'd be pretty. Cool, How man. much fun would that be? No, oh, you bring Willem Dafoe, really though, sweet. man. 
You could tell, he, of all the actors who came back, he was having the most fun. He was having so much fun playing that role again. Yes. It was so great to watch. Yes, and, and same with uh, with Dr. Octavius. Like, you're not my beater. Mm-hmm. Like, that, oh my gosh, like, that was so good. And there were, I mean, yeah, I just, I liked so much about it. I really, really did. I, in a way, like, you know, I mentioned the crutch of the Avengers thing, but in reality, if you look at the arc of all three movies that Peter has to deal with, his identity and it being secret and then it not being secret, like in the same way that Iron Man said, I am Iron Man. Whereas jo- mm-hmm. Jonah Jameson had to be like, he is, he is Peter Parker and like having to deal with that. And then conversely not deal with that by having the spell be cast. Um, yeah. and I, lo- I just, I love, I mean, I'm a fanboy for Dr. Strange anyway. So I was so happy that he was in this. Um, and, and what that meant for him being in there and, you know, the final ask that he has about not just, you know, forget that he's Spider-Man, forget who he is in general. Um, I think, and I don't want to nitpick, but if I had to nitpick one thing, it, this movie does the Marvel tone thing, just like they all do, where the tone is so damn inconsistent, and you can't just have a serious moment. But it then, bands. right, right, it rubber well, bands like when, crazy. When it needs it, it hits it. I think when May dies, it hits it hard. Didn't see that coming from. I did not see that coming from a mile away. Um, and what was it on her gravestone? Because like you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Uncle Ben, but hers was. Um, help one person. Oh, help one person. Help everyone. Yes. I think is what it was. Yes. Um, so which is amazing. I, I, you mentioned the rubber banding tone. I don't think this movie works without the original two Spider-Man. I think it gets inconsistent. Correct. The pacing's weird. It does. It doesn't work. It, like there was a moment. we talked about. <laughs> yeah. You talked about Spider-Man Two is should be taught for screenwriters. This movie should not be taught for screenwriters. You no. should not replicate what this movie does. Fan it fiction. will not work for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, but man, it, it but it did work so freaking well. But it did. <laughs> like, it, well, maybe oh. that's what you teach it, is that sometimes you break the rules, but you better know what you're doing when you break them. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, you know, oh my gosh. the The scene where they're all talking for the first time, and they mm-hmm. do that whole like uncle, you know, like who they lose in their lives and in their worlds, and then like he finishes, you know, uh, Tobey Maguire finishes the great comes great responsibility bit. Oh my gosh, I was a mess, a complete and utter mess at the movie at that part, just because it, it's 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 a truth that transcends uh, mm-hmm. universes, and I thought that that was so impactful that they did it that way. Um, and again, like the Zendaya Ned characters, like for goodness sake, like they're so freaking good. MJ, yes. Um, you know, you're not my MJ and all those little things that come with it and that fun of it all. And it, I think I te- I actually texted you in the movie when I wrote. Um, oh, were you in it when you texted me? I w- the scene was literally happening and I texted you. I could have a whole hour of just three Spider-Men going through counseling therapy when they just like, no, no, don't tell yourself. Yeah, so good. Oh, know, you're amazing. So yeah, tell yourself you it. No, MJ. but you say it. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's romantic arc did what Spider-Man 3 should have done. It challenged their romantic arc without making us dislike them. It Interesting. Made them, it gave them challenges without us making us feel like, oh, you guys don't belong together. Run away. Yep. Um, I I really like what... And it, it broke them up in a way that made me feel for both of them dramatically. Yeah, man, absolutely. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, I, this movie, I think, is at 97%. I think this is the highest rated one. If you're going by Rotten Tomato scores and keeping track at home, 
No, it's actually 93%. 97% is the one we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but 93%, I, 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 it's so great. Um, I could, I could probably just gush about this one forever just for how good it was. It's, it's and... wonderful. Best moment. What was your favorite moment? <sighs> okay. <sighs> when Andrew Garfield caught yep. MJ. Yep. yep, yep. There's no other moment. Yeah, it's that one. It's got to be that one. <laughs> it's got to be that one. Because the look on his face. The yep. look on his face yep. is like... The acting is so this. good. Uh, it's so good. Yep. That's, so perfect. Yep. Uh, are you okay? Yep. Are you? Mm, yep. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It's, uh, yeah. Now, so that, that was a decade long payoff. Yeah, it was man. And how lucky to be like, you know, to, to like write that in and be that person who's just like, and this is where that moment ends. Like, Oh my gosh. And he's just like, I love you guys. Like he was, I, it was, it was great. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, I was a mess when I yeah. got home. Like I kept trying to track down that scene online too to like rewatch it and make myself sad all over again. Like so, oh, uh, loved it. And and I I love every honestly Andrew Garfield was my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, and maybe that's why I enjoyed <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man one and two as much as I did because I he surprised me. But. Well, that's an interesting point because I saw No Way Home on I think it was Sunday or Saturday, and then I saw Amazing Spider-Man one and two throughout the beginning of this week. So, so I would have seen no way home, not knowing how amazing Spider-Man two ended actually. Um, so I was, uh. you know, so, and then it meant even more to me when I saw amazing Spider-Man two and I was like, Oh my gosh. So yeah. So yeah. One man. thing I want to point on specifically yeah. with the Tom Holland trilogy that I, I want them to, uh, address it in some future movie i wish they i don't know if they should have addressed it here but every problem peter parker faces is because an avenger has not taken 10 minutes to talk to the kid <laughs> well even <tell> every <laughs> movie yeah that's the inciting problem he's facing is that nobody is trusting him to have a conversation and explain things to this kid who has too much responsibility yep even Tony made that point about like I know you don't I know you didn't have a father I don't know what your father figure is like in your life but like all those things and all the things Tony was trying to do in Homecoming um, I'm trying to think what he had those Tony funny code names. Tony needed to sit down with him and say, "This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. Tell him he's on training wheels. I will yep, unlock training. them for you as we go. This is why yep. I don't want you to go. I've got the FBI looking into this guy." Take my word for it. I trusted you enough to look in on this. Just 10 minutes of talking to the kid, and he'd gone, yeah, okay, you got it handled. We're talking. Good. This is an actual internship. <laughs> and then there's no And movie. then the second movie. <laughs> no, no, I get that. I get that. Well, no, no I know, I know. Incident that, I, I don't think it's a flaw in the movie. I just wanted somebody to address that this poor kid has been shot through the ringer because these adults won't take 10 minutes to talk to him. The second movie, Tony couldn't have written a note with those glasses? These are, yep. this is a, this is, uh, by the way, Peter Parker, here's some nuclear launch codes. Um, be careful. Yeah. Don't kill your classmates. Um, have one of those, and in then, the unlikely, likely moment of my death, I'm giving you these blah, 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 blah. And he didn't have to see that, you know, yes, absolutely, man. Happy couldn't have told him those glasses control the, uh, like the most powerful weapon on earth. Be careful. Um, sure. You're 15, but you can handle this. Um, and then in this movie, 
I just wanted to slap, and I hope this actually this is it. I hope they address yeah. it in the next Doctor Strange movie because Doctor Strange is responsible for everything bad that happens in this movie, <laughs> and it's all on his head, one hundred percent on his head. Yep, could have had a conversation. He started, he started casting a spell before he took ten minutes to tell the kid this is what the spell's ramifications have. It is not Peter's fault that he did not call admissions board. It is to- it is uh, it is Strange's fault for not telling him. The ramifications of costing a multiverse collapsing level kill everyone on Earth spell. And here's the worst part of what you are pointing out that is just now occurring to me is that he's a doctor. He would have had yes. conversations with his patients of this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. It's going to be at this. Yeah. He, and he just rushed into it. Absolutely. I think it was so, because Wong made him mad. But yeah, still. I don't think it's a problem in the writing. But I will think it's a problem in the writing if they don't address it in the next movie. Because they need to make that his his uh, tragic flaw is the fact that he doesn't take ownership of his his actions. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, and I have to say one thing that I do disagree with you on is contrary to your post. I don't think this is the end necessarily for Tom Holland and Spider-Man. There's another helicopter. No, let me be clear. <laughs> that was me trying to be unspoilery. Okay, okay, I got you. And and um, they have always said that this is the end of a trilogy. They didn't say it was the end of Tom Holland. So gotcha. I'm saying that it is the it is a great end to this trilogy. Whatever they do next will be different. But what works so perfectly is that everybody forgets who Peter Parker is, and then what does Peter Parker do now that he finally has some freedom? Well, he changes his name. He decides to go treasure hunting across the world. Go see Uncharted February 18th, folks. So your argument, this whole setup, is that Uncharted is the sequel. Uncharted is absolutely not Nathan Drake. It is Peter Parker taking on a new identity and a new life. That's exactly how I'm looking at Uncharted right now, because it's also Sony. So um, Wonderful. But, I mean, you know, it's ironic. So I'm going to call back to um, uh, home, or Far From Home now, because the end credit sequence is the fact that, you know, um, he's off planet, right? Our... our why am I forgetting his name? For God's sake, Nick Fury is off planet Fury, yeah, and he's yeah. doing stuff and we don't know what stuff necessarily that he's doing, but it's ironic that I ended my Spider-Man binge with that movie because I'm like, Oh, well there's somebody who's going to remember Peter Parker. Interesting. That's exactly how they get out of it. Interesting. When Fury comes back to earth, he's like, where's Parker? Who? Parker, you know, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, come on. Huh. I hope right. they go that route. I, I hope, hope they, they don't do just too. forget everything. Sony, I do feel like you have a meeting with me. <laughs> you, you do know the most hated Spider-Man arc in all of comics history. Outside maybe the Clone Saga. No, what is that? After Civil War, Peter reveal, in Civil War, Peter reveals his identity. And after Civil War, he makes a deal with the devil, Mephisto, oh, no. to to erase everybody's memory to bring Aunt May back to life. So this movie actually is following... Hey, another helicopter. Actually is following <laughs> one of the most hated Peter Parker, Spider-Man comic arcs of all time. And shockingly, they pulled it off. <laughs> yes, they did. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So yeah, far from Any home, other thoughts? Uh, no way home. I meant to say, no way home. It's the best thing I've seen this year, and I've only seen one other thing this year, which uh, was West Side Story, and it was the first... Talking in January? I need to see West Side Story. I want to see that. uh, Well, we'll talk about that in just a sec with the, uh, you know... uh, Gosh, I mean, 
just so much goodness came together. I love that, like, he got back to school and the teachers were like, look, we made you this little trophy case. And, like, Hannibal Burris is like, man, this guy's the worst, but I believe Mysterio. Like, that cracked me up. <laughs> um, even, like, the whole MIT plotline was really nice, I thought. Mm-hmm. Just even, like, you know, trying to convince that lady to give them another chance. And then she saves her life and he's like, I'm going to talk to the admissions board. She's like, oh, but I didn't even. He's like, she's like, I'm going to have a conversation. And, the, and shame on you, shame on you. And, um, it was such a great callback to just all those okay. villains. And I'm so glad that all those actors were alive yeah. um, to be able to do that. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I wanted like one more, like maybe like some Kirsten Dunst MJ thing or something, but I that just, was what I was hoping for the post credits. Yeah. Scene, okay. So actually I didn't stay for the full credits. I just saw the first one. So maybe you have to tell me this. Um, the first one was, Oh, was the first halfway midpoint. Oh, it was the um, the Venom thing, which I have not seen any of those movies. I know that yeah. you have. Um, have. But yeah. Venom in the bar, leaving behind a little bit of the symbiote. That's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And then what was after that? Uh, just a Doctor Strange trailer, essentially. Oh, just the trailer? Okay. Yeah. As a, yeah, it's Multiverse of Madness trailer. Was This is a little real. Um, okay. It's good. It's good. But, but you can find that online. Perfect. Um, and I did. So, Did you notice that, that uh, that Scorpion tease, the end of Homecoming, has never paid off, and now it can't? What? Uh, Falcon is in prison, and Scorpion comes up to him and want, demands to know who Peter Parker or Spider-Man's identity is, and he says, "If I knew, I would, I would have killed him myself." And they close in upon him, and the credits roll, and they've never done anything with it. Oh my gosh! I didn't even think about that. Oh man. You're right. <laughs> the, okay, you know, fail. F, F movie. Forget it. Forget the whole thing. Yep, it's, it's terrible. Don't see it. It's all <laughs> It's terrible. Uh, um, yeah. But, yeah. Not so, any, no, I you, think... Anything left or... Uh, well, I want to call back to what you were talking about before. I think you can absolutely do an Andrew Garfield sequel. I think what we have here now in the best world is Sony starts making Andrew Garfield movies. Stick them in the Venomverse. Make them in the same universe. Why not? Let's go with that. And then let Tom Holland stay with the MCU. Best like of both that. worlds. That is good. I think Sony has it. Who? Let's see. Sony is owned by nobody, right? Sony's just Sony, Sony by thing, itself. Sony owns. Sony's the one that owns. I'm trying to think how Sony can do a cool streaming version of the Garfield Spider-Man Three, like as a series spinoff thing. I'm trying to think how they could do that. Just because I don't know, like, the ownership stuff. Like, Paramount with Halo, which we'll talk about in a second. But, like, where could that live? Like, where could a Spider-Man series live on streaming? Maybe Netflix? Oh, oh gosh, I forgot. Dare, Daredevil the, showing up was amazing. I went, Hoo! That was like, great. That was great. That was amazing. That made me so happy. Did, okay. Have you seen uh, Have you seen Hawkeye yet? No. Uh, just the first one. Should I Should I finish it? Yes, it's delightful. Okay. There is, some, there is some callback stuff wonderful i will then yes um yeah no i mean sony can go wherever they want it's part of the deals they make they're they're making a uh spider-man homecoming prequel tv show on disney plus it's gonna be a cartoon interesting before he met tony when he's just neighborhood spider-man cool i like that so we are gonna get shows and i don't see why it can't be on disney plus yeah I agree. Okay, cool. So th- th- that's why I brought up that tweet is the only reason why they brought back make the amazing Spider-Man three as a hashtag thing is because of his presentation in this movie. Right. So, yeah. and he's 
She's great. Man, yeah. I'm sorry about whatever military ac- exercises are occurring above my house. Well, I think that I think the 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 helicopters in a way symbol the the helicopter at the very start of the very first Spider-Man with the teaser, and then kind of like how helicopters play a very important part all the Spider-Man movies. So uh-huh. I think it thematically it works. Bullshit. Cool. Um, you know what? I, I so sure I did this on purpose. I, <laughs> I did this on purpose. <laughs> oh. That's great. I'm just uh, watching the waveform on my recording. Go blah 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 blah. <laughs> uh, oh, so so okay, so that that I mean that was it, folks. Or are we forgetting a Spider-Man movie? We are forgetting a Spider-Man. We are absolutely the Italian Spider-Man by the Australian the Italian Spider-Man. Group. That's where that meme of the shit. Oh, the shaking head came from. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, no, uh, and you know, Brendan is gonna do a gush on Into the Spider Verse. Uh, this is actually Nick's idea. Yes, it is. We, we skip over into the Spider Verse because I've been, I've been obsessed with this movie since I saw it. My love for this movie grows ever more. I have four kids. It's playing in our house often, and I'm still not tired of it. And I uh, think it is possibly as close to a perfect movie as it exists, as I will talk about uh, in excruciating detail next week. Yes, when we get to that episode. Um, but in the meantime, since we have had almost two months off, like what have, what have you been enjoying as far as media, TV, comics, great board question, games? Uh, great question. Yeah, um, I did not prepare for this, so I'm coming up <sighs> off the hey, top. Hey, me of my neither. Head That's right why now. I throw it to you first. <laughs> um, so I've been watching a lot of Spider-Man movies. That's taking up a lot of my <laughs> for sure. time. Yeah, uh, watch Hawkeye. Thought Hawkeye was great. It was a okay. great new thing in the MCU, and I thought it was wonderful. Um, we watched, uh, what are some new popular shows that have been out of late? Um, uh, we've been playing, my wife bought me Lost Runes of Arnak, the board game, been playing that. So much fun, yeah. Um, I've been watching a fair amount and I can't, I can't think of the things. Uh, I read uh, I read Clara and the Sun was a gift for Christmas that the wife got me and do you know this book? No. Oh uh, wait, um the author is um It's Japanese British. Yes, okay. Uh, yep. He did um the 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 clone movie. Yep. Yes, which It's on my okay, list. Okay, so so one of my probably my wife's best friends, she gets a hold of her every uh every Christmas and demands to know what she should buy me to read at Christmas time. And it's been a fun, fun, uh, fun hobby. Uh, so Kazuo Ishiguro, Nobel prize winning. Whoa. Um, So we did the clone one that I can't think of. Um, never let me go. That's it. So Claire and the sun is, is about an Android caretaker for a little girl. And it is stunning. It is a stunning read. Could not recommend it more strongly. Awesome. How about you? What are you up to? As I think of other things that I might come to mind. <laughs> yeah, goodness. Uh, I think I mentioned this. <clears throat> I won the auction for the, the PS4, so I've been enjoying Uncharted 4. I've been uh-huh. enjoying Paper Mario Origami King. I've been enjoying um, The Last Remnants of Chrono Trigger. I'm so close to being done with that game. And it's oh, amazing. nice. I've always wanted to play that one. Yeah, it's really, really good. Top tenner for sure. Um, Final Fantasy VIII. I was... Stuck. Sometimes with that game, I got I get stuck with like the card games, and I feel like I have to win, but then I don't win. I put it down for a little while, and then I forget about it for months, and then I'm like, I have no memory of this place. So I, I don't play like, the card game for fun. Go I do know, the collectathon another playthrough. No, but feel they're it. like the Queen of Cards. You gotta do the Queen of Cards thing. Uh, but um, I have actually read quite a few books 
um, that I want to talk about. Recursion by Blake Crouch might be one of my favorite science fiction books of all time. Recursion. Um, you have that. got to read it. Um, I even wrote in my review, I gave it five stars. I was like, I've been looking for a new Michael Crichton forever, and I finally found him. Um, incredibly good book. I know they're going to make it into a Netflix series probably at some point, which I'm sure won't be any good. Um, but the book <laughs> was really, really great time travel uh book just this is on oh. my this is on my to on my amazon list already oh man so good um, all right i will just i'll have to just grab that okay yeah we'll talk about um it. i read dialogue by robert mckee he's known for uh the movie uh the book story which is like the quintessential like writing uh book and he has two spinoffs which have come out recently dialogue is one and character is the other and dialogue was pretty good especially for those writers out there who need like a book to punch up dialogue. Um, one of my weaker spots is like dialogue. So I, I really liked that book quite a bit. Um, I did finally start reading saga by Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, <laughs> I am on oh! the third volume right now. I blew through the first two wicked fast. I've, I see. I fell off. You're probably past me now. I was reading them as they were issued as floppies. I was on a month to month basis. And then I fell off when I stopped getting floppies because money, <laughs> so I'm on the line. Do I start up now or do I wait until the whole thing is done and then do it in one blast? I don't know. Tell well, me. That, tell well, me that's your the thoughts. thing. Um, so Brian Cave on is known for as uh, for why the last man in the screenwriting world. He's known for Roundtable, which is one of the most incredible, amazing, unproduced screenplays I have ever read. Um, which is like a modern day Ghostbusters. It's so freaking good. Um, so he, and he's also known for doing some very pivotal episodes of Lost as well. Uh, so very, very talented writer. And oh my gosh, I just talked about dialogue. He's a master of dialogue for goodness sake. Like so, so much of what he writes is, is very enviable and makes me so mad. Um, <laughs> and as I'm reading these, I have to be honest, I don't know if it's good yet. I don't know if I love it yet. Cause I feel like I've, I feel like uh, for as weird and as different as it is, I feel like I've seen this before. And for some reason, I'm just not loving it. I am you liking like you've it. You've seen this before? Yes, huh. I feel like I've seen the 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 baby on the run from the crime kind of thing before. Okay, okay, you've seen okay the story arc. But okay. but the, but the world, world, holy crap, no! Like incredible, and like the romantic novel is like a huge part of what's going on. Like oh, so I'll, I take it back. I am enjoying it. Um, our library has all of them, so I and nobody is checking them out. So it's just me. Like as soon as I finish one, I'll just I just check out the next volume. So halfway through volume three right now, um, it's very intriguing. I read a um, what is uh, this is a new genre to me. It is um, military powder mage. I gotta check. So there's this for anyone who ever played Warcraft two down the line of building uh, particular troops, there's these two guys that you build who are like dynamiters, but they also have like muzzle shoot guns and they kind of have magic. Imagine those two people as a genre of story where like, this is like 1800s civil war, military science fiction fantasy where it's a military genre. I'll say that much, but then oh, you have these saga still or something else. This is something else. This is something else. Something uh, else. Okay. Brian McCle McClellan, I think is his name. Uh, has something called the Powder Maze Trilogy. And, like, it's these warring factions, but there are these people in the military who, like, can get black powder and snort it and then have, like, magical powers. And so it's kind of really, really cool. Um, I read the second book in that series. Um, and then right now, 
there's a, I'm kind of taking a break from TikTok because it's it's all awful. But it's TikTok. It's TikTok. That being Just said, spend some time on Twitter. I closed my Twitter account for good, so I'm very glad that I'm off of Twitter. Um, there is this book. So on TikTok, there's this hashtag book talk where it's other readers who love to read books and they recommend books like crazy. And this one kept coming up again and again and again and again called Red Rising by Pierce Brown. And it's about a miner on Mars who lives in this faction of other reds, as it were. And uh, this book. And it's, Why it's, have I heard of this book? Because it's kind of like an R-rated Hunger Games in a way with at least the, the, the beginning part of it. And then there's this thing that happens that's definitely a humongous twist, like within like, I mean, the first like 10 chapters. And now I'm just like absolutely hooked into it. Um, so I would, I'm, I'm only, um, I don't know, how many pages am I in? Maybe like 170 pages in, something like that. Um, but I'm very hooked on it. It's called Red Rising. It's by Pierce Brown. Uh, very, very cool. And I'm really enjoying the crap out of that book. Um, and I'm really enjoying Feast for Odin and Viticulture. And, um, yep. and my dog keeps dragging his ass across the carpet. Oliver, stop! Sorry. So. Um, is there anything else? I, I am finding these... Biz- okay, this is the last thing. I'm finding these really bizarre YouTube playlists. And I posted about one the other day on Instagram, which is... Um, I will read this to you. So I'm in this weird part of YouTube right now where I keep getting recommended videos that are like two to three hours long, but it's like compilations of music. And usually there's no commercials to interrupt them. I don't know if it's because of public domain or if it's because the composer wrote all the stuff themselves, but I'm finding these playlists where it's like, um, it's the 17th century and you're a Trappist monk and you're trying to, to read scriptures. And it's like seven and a half hours long of like Gregorian chant. And like Matt Fred, it's like a spinoff channel. He does like lo-fi hip hop, like Catholic, which has been enjoyable. But there is a YouTube video called A Playlist for a 19th Century Villain Scheming Against His Enemies. <laughs> and I, I'll post that to my Facebook right now so that you all know what time we were recording this episode. Um, but I'm, I'm loving, like, these really bizarre ASMR, like, like there's one that's, like, um, the Hogwarts Library in wintertime and it's lightly snowing outside. Like, weird, ultra-specific ASMR music awesome. playlist. I'm just awesome. loving the hell out of those right now. And I can't recommend those enough. That actually reminds me of something me and the wife have been doing of late. Um, every Tuesday night, we watch VCR Party Live from the Found Footage Festival on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> We've talked about this. It's yeah. Guys who watch VHS tapes, and it's great. But they have hired out a bunch of people to be IMG miners. And so we signed up to be an IMG miner. And what an IMG miner is, is you go to YouTube, you type in IMG, and then a four-digit number. So we are mining IMGs 420 through 4, uh, no, four, 20 numbers, 4410 through 4430. And these huh. are, these are, these are videos that were more than likely uploaded to YouTube by accident. The general title number of documents are just kind of stuck on YouTube and you find the strangest weirdest, most obscure crap that nobody ever meant to share with the world. <laughs> most awesome. of it's garbage, but some of it's just hysterical stuff. So That's cool. No, and I thought, the two things I am watching, my brother texted me saying that I have to watch the woman in the window, the woman in the house across oh, the street from uh, the girl in the window. Don't tell me anything about it. I don't, I'm four episodes in and I can't tell if it's brilliant or absolutely terrible. I still don't know. <laughs> I, what was I the title managed again? To, the 
the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. I what? seriously don't know if it is. It's it's Kristen Bell in a murder mystery that is. I think it is mocking murder mysteries, but I can't tell. Like the twinkle in the eye is not gleaming very brightly, but it's. I don't know, man. I don't know if I, I hate it or know. I love it. <laughs> You're like so I'll tell you, the I'll IT crowd. It. Oh, I but don't no, know. the thing that we've been watching season three of Joe Para Talks to You came out on HBO. Do yeah, you know this you show? Were, you were texting me about this over the break. Watch this show. This is a balm for a weary soul in a weary world. This is the comedian Joe Para, who channels, who's about our age, mid 30s. Speaks like your grandfather. Channeling an old man. And. It is hysterical and genuinely inspiring. And now I have... Uh, so the helicopter left, but now there, there's a crying baby outside. Fernando! Good night, um, Fernando! So watch that. That's great stuff. Excellent. Well, that's it for us this week, folks. Um, I'm off to the Superstars Sorry. writing conference next week. Um, so we will figure out when we will record the Into the Spider-Verse gush. And we got a lot of cool guests coming and we got some, some fun yes. ideas we're going to explore this season. Um, we, I came up with this idea for a new show that we're going to do within this show called How the Hell Haven't We Seen This Yet? Where we just run down like all the movies that people like legit give you the most crap for not seeing. And we're going to watch them. We're going to talk about them. I love it. Let's do it. And we might it. even bring people on. So, great. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we're so stoked to have you this season where it's going to be great. And we will see you in the next one. Good night.